This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. On today's podcast, we have the legend, Mr. Didier Mann. He reveals what Rafa actually said at halftime in Istanbul. Giovanni Elba stitched up Trapattoni. We find out about that. And uh, obviously, dig deep into Istanbul. Also, one big night in Japan. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to that Peter Crouch podcast with me, Peter Crouch. I've got uh, Chris Stark and uh, Notorious SID. And um, a big... A big guest been threatening this for a while. Yeah. It's uh, Mr. Didier Mann. Yeah, thanks for having me. The Kaiser. The Kaiser. <laughs> been looking forward to this. I have been, yeah. I mean, listen, it's been a long time coming, isn't it? How many times do I talk about the Kaiser? Yeah, and when we throw it out there and we say, who would you like on the on the pod? Your name has been mentioned a lot. Firstly, got to start with an apology. Uh, we are in a pub. There's no beer on the table. And from what I understand, Sids and Pete had a bit of a, a rough <laughs> evening last night. Pete sounds a little bit croaky, actually. Um, I had a tough time last night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, was, it was like a birthday celebration. I've seen um, it like this before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you introduced me to this. Yeah. <laughs> is this what the podcast will be today? We're learning from the master, is no, it? No, it's a legend. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolute legend. So, shall we take it right back to the beginning then? Do you remember first meeting Peter Crouch? And what were your impressions of him? Um, well, obviously, we had uh, quite a few England internationals. They knew him and of him and uh, obviously they all said that what a, what a great lad he is and uh, yeah I can't remember when we met for the first time but he uh, obviously signed in 2005 yeah, just 2005 just after Istanbul yeah which probably wasn't the best time to sign <laughs> and um, because expectations were high and then he signed and, and obviously everybody knew after a few days you you get to know somebody in training and you see them in the in the canteen uh, that he was a good laugh, he was a good lad. He had a bit of a rough start uh, to his career. I don't think he scored in the first 10 or 15 games and one day after about 10 or 12 games I went in the booze and there's a guy coming up to me and I said, he said, uh, he said what about the crouch? He said, is he not a centre forward? And I said, yeah, I thought he was. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he got his first one, and I think you got two or three, did you? In the... I got uh, two against Wigan, yeah. Well, I say yeah, two, you, one of them. Was, was that the lob from... <laughs> one of the worst yeah. goals of all from time. 30 yards or something. Yeah, yeah. That was the first one. That was the first one, yeah. yeah. They all count, yeah. Pete, though, don't they? They all yeah. count, yeah. All it count. took a deflection, went 30 foot in the air, and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> the keeper pawned it in, yeah. and I claimed it. But when that drought was happening, because uh, we've heard it from Pete's side, do you remember what the discussions were Amongst you, you boys. Yeah, I know you support him. Obviously, you know, you sometimes you take the mickey out of him, but, you know, you've got to support somebody because it could happen to anybody. And and obviously this is, we've never been centre forwards. I don't know what it's like not to score for, for seven, eight, nine games because it never bothered. But uh, you have to support them. And after you score the first one, then he, he went on a bit of a roll because he scored, I think, Two in the next fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was on fire. Every, everybody supported him, but but I think that's when it's important that that you have. Well, you don't have to get on, and everybody's different. But if if the lads see that that he's a good kid and a good character, people will support you because with somebody else, he, somebody else may not have got the support uh, crowd he got because um you know he was, was well liked and was obviously one of the one of the guys and the best boys in the restroom. So you yeah. were joining the Kaiser. Did uh, his reputation precede him? Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, me and uh, me and Diddy hit it off straight away. Like, uh, I just, I, I've never met anyone who's like more scouse than. than <laughs> 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 that fair to say or not? Yeah, I've been there a few years. Obviously, when you uh, when you came up, signed in '99. So when you signed, I was here for yeah five years. Mm. Five years was it? Yeah. Did you, did you live near each other? Yeah, so we, uh, yeah, we, yeah. we, we lived, yeah. um, Diddy lived above me in a flat yeah. in the ledge. Oh, so, wasn't it? <laughs> so literally above, yeah. So he'd just come down every now and then and 
I'd go up and he's yeah, lucky yeah. it wasn't the other way around, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he looked after you know, he kinda of, he kinda of looked after me. I mean I was uh, kind of away from, from home and you know, I didn't really know anyone up there and uh you know, we just got on we got on great. Um and uh, you know, I enjoyed every moment of it to be fair. Yeah, yeah we had a decent bunch. It was uh, I think that's always there was always a special thing that we had a, a good dressing room and, you know, really great together. And there's a lot of nationalities, but um, we were always one. And obviously, Crouchy fitted in perfectly. I, I, you took to, like, I don't know, England and being in England so well. Like, obviously, you went to Newcastle mm. first. How did you find it up there? Yeah, good. It was great. Uh, um, a bit short, you know, I would have liked to stay a bit longer obviously assigned for a longer time but when Liverpool came calling it was a, it was hard to to turn it mm, down and mm. it's always it's never a nice thing to to leave clubs and tell the club and the fans that you you're off or you want to be off after one season um, but I liked it because the people of the football up there yeah. um, great sense of humour and, and it, it was brilliant went to Wembley unfortunately got beat in the FA Cup final against mm. Man United but um, no really enjoyed it but when when I had the chance to go to Liverpool I I thought or I felt it was an opportunity I had to, I had yeah. to take. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you find when you were up there in, in Newcastle, did you find, it's going to be a weird question this, but we'll be able to explain. Did you find out of all the cities in the UK, you would describe it as the city of love? Newcastle? Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you find love? Did you say you're going to explain? Did you find love in Newcastle by any chance? Or? Uh, yeah, but I felt it everywhere. <laughs> um, it was always, it was obviously they have a love for football, especially in the north. Now it was, a, it's a great city, and yeah. uh, and there's only one club. There's no other sports really being played, even though they probably have basketball teams or hockey teams, whatever. But everybody loves their their football there, and mm-hmm. they're, they're so passionate. And it would be great to see them winning something at some stage. Yeah, but you you kind of like took to Liverpool and like the city kind of more than any other foreign player mm. that that I've. I've known, I think, and like, what what made it like special for you, and you know, why did you did you enjoy it, and did you feel like an honorary scouser? Yeah, but obviously that comes with time because when you first go there, you know, people won't uh, won't appreciate you or love you if you haven't got a successful time. Obviously, mm. what happens on the pitches is, is key, yeah. um, and and also looking back as a player because you probably don't see too many players when they haven't really got a successful spell at a at a club which is quite big as Liverpool. If they hadn't won anything, they're looking back thinking, you know, this was a great time because, you know, the main thing is on the pitch, what happens off the pitch, obviously, is important as well, but you can only enjoy it when you're successful. And mm. uh, when I came to Liverpool, I, I, I kind of felt at home uh, from, from, from the first moment. Gerard Hullier uh, signed me in, in 99 and, you know, the, the, the lads were great. They had, a, you know, some young players, young English talent, Gerard, Carragher, mm-hmm. Mike Lowe and Danny Murphy mm-hmm. and obviously some foreigners came in and it was just, a, we, we just chilled pretty quickly and, and the thing that that really made me appreciate the city and the football club was probably the first Hillsborough uh, anniversary. I, I was there, which was in 2000 when there were 20,000 people and obviously then the names are being read out from the, from the mm-hmm. people who, who uh, lost their lives there. And I never forget that I went in the car afterwards and I thought to myself, I've got to do everything in my power to not let these people down. Mm, wow. And this is where I really understood the club, what it means to the people. Because obviously I was in Germany at the time, I heard what happened. But obviously when you then actually find out who the people were, the parents they were speaking, um, it, it, you know, it, it did something to me where I thought I've got to do everything in my power to, to um, you know, try to make these people happy. The fact that we won a few things in, in, in the years after that, you know, obviously a lot of things had to come together. We've mm. been a bit fortunate in one or two games, mm. but, you know, that's part of it. Mm. How, how close do you think or how far away was you from... If you went to Liverpool to win the league and win things, you, obviously you, you won competitions, but you never really got over the line with the league. Yeah. Did you ever feel close what? to win, like as if you was going to be winning the league or challenging? Well, I think there was only one season where we really still in come April. Um, yes, of course, I, I came to Liverpool or went to Liverpool to win things. Mm. But the, the, the club, I think, has had, hadn't won anything for about 10 years. Yeah. I think 89 or 90 was the last time they won anything. Um, and if you had told me in the seven years I was there, we won what we did win in the end, I would have chopped your hand off. <laughs> and uh, 
uh, as I said, in, in, in cup competitions, we could compete, but, you know, if you want to win the FA Cup or even the Champions League, you don't have to be the best team yeah, in the competition. Yeah. If you want to win the league, you've got to be the best team. And, and bottom line is, we've we never been the best team. I think 2002 was the only time we were still in contention with two or three games to go. I think in the end, we were four or five points short of Arsenal. Um, but did we have a realistic chance when I was there? Probably not. Obviously, when I left, then Torres came and, and Suarez, Crouch was still there. Um, <laughs> Uh, obviously, Alonso was signed in Mascherano. You know, they brought players in yeah. we didn't really have before. We had a good team. Um, and I think when I left in 2006, you know, I think seven or eight, I think you were really close. And then obviously mm. with, with Stevie's slip, which I probably shouldn't mention, uh, mm. in 10, when, mm. when was it, 12, 13? Mm. So they, they were a lot closer than than we were. But in a, in a cup competition, we were we were a force. And in a one-off game, we always knew we can beat anyone. Yeah. Mm. And what, what, what's your take, obviously, on Istanbul? I mean, you must have talked about it a million times, but humour us. Like, before the game, you know, half-time, talk us through that did day. You, did you want to... Uh, it, this might be an odd question as well, as part of that. Did you want to come on at that point? Because you're 3-0 down at half-time. What were you thinking when you, got, when you get the call? Yeah, what am I going to do now? Yeah. You know, because obviously I thought I was injured before, but I played the last two or three games... And I think Rafa thought, Rafa never played Stevie in the middle of the park in, in the Champions League games mm. because I always felt that Stevie's at his best when he hasn't got any defensive responsibility mm. because he wasn't the most disciplined. But in a way, it helped us because he picked up positions. And as you know, when he started running, it was unstoppable. Um, and for some reason, I think he thought, Rafa thought, which he never did, that they are so good that he's got to do something which they don't expect. So he played Steve in the middle with Xabi. Uh, obviously, Harry gets a lot of stick. Harry Keel was a tremendous player. He just had a, a few injuries uh, when he came to Liverpool. Um, and obviously, you know, I'm not playing. I watch a game first minute, first 1-0, and I think to myself, you know, at least we've got another 89 minutes mm. to, to score one, 25 minutes, second one goes in. And I'm thinking, well, this might not have happened if I played. <laughs> <laughs> and the third one goes in and I'm thinking, thank fuck I'm not playing. <laughs> so I had the, the whole, I had a roller coaster of emotions and, and obviously then they, they score. We, we, sh we should have had, before they score the second one, we should have had a penalty, which we didn't get. They went three goals better, but we were 3-0 down. And uh, to come back to your question, you go in the dressing room and I thought like everybody else, you know, that's it, curtains. Um, yeah, and then Rafa comes in and he, you know, you know what he was like. He was mm. that pragmatic. He was he wouldn't go on. What happened? You know, he said it's done. He said we make a change, and obviously Jimmy was going to come off. Um, he said, "Didi, you come on. This is how we play through the back. Move Stevie a bit further forward because he was our biggest goal threat." And I went outside to warm up, and obviously then in the dressing room, Steve Finning complained of a sore groin, and then he changed. He got Jimmy back out of the shower, and, and Finning, uh, Steve uh, Finn came off, and while I was warming up. Every minute, obviously, the fans were still singing, maybe more out of desperation than uh, belief. And every minute I was warming up, I thought to myself, you know what, they scored three in the first half, why shouldn't we score three in the second half? And then I thought, again, coming back to your question, did you want to come on? Probably not at the end of halftime. But then I thought, like, you know, we're 3-0 down. If we get beat five or six, it's got nothing to do with me. We lost the game in the first half. And in snooker, in snooker they, they say it's a shot to nothing. <laughs> I just thought, give it yeah. a go. And, 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 and I felt, because we played a lot of finals with the team, and I, I knew if we get one goal, I'm pretty sure we get a second one. And every time, all the finals we've won, we probably should have, we beat Arsenal a few years before a card if uh, mm. Mike Lowen scored yeah, two goals. Mm. They bullied us. We never got a kick for the whole game. We ended up winning the game. <coughs> and I thought if we get them into a dogfight, into a tight game, there may still be a chance. And if you make it 3-1, 3-2, even the best teams make mistakes. And um, obviously they did. They did. Mm. When you came on with that attitude then and you've had a bit of time to think about it, and you're warming up and you talk about your mindset change there, which is fascinating. Did you find that when you joined that team that they were all sort of matching the same spirit as you? Or did you feel that you also had a role to kind of lift everyone around you well, as well? I'm, I'm not sure. Um, you know, people say that I changed the game. Um I wouldn't say any different. <laughs> <laughs> no, it must be a nice thing to have. No, so but, good. but one player is, you know, it's a team game. You know, I couldn't do anything. 
And I think the the, the belief or the, the thought process after halftime, I think, you know, because, you, you know, you meet people and, you know, people say, oh, what about Istanbul? And you tell them and, and I say, did anyone believe we can come back? And there's always a smart one. I said, yeah, I knew it's not over. Well, it was over. Mm -hmm. And if there was one person who believed we can turn it around, it was a manager. And that's 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 the 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 belief he gave us because he spoke. If you heard him speak at halftime, you didn't know whether we were three nil down or three nil up. That's how he always was, mm. and he was dead calm. And I think he gave everybody confidence, and uh, and all the players. And you know, people always talk about you know I I didn't change anything. The game changed, and and I did my part as much as the other ten to to change a game. But you know, people always. They didn't laugh about him, but they always said, oh, Chimmy Traore, how can he play for Liverpool? Now, Chimmy, he was in the shower. And as you know, you're 3-0 down. The manager says you're coming off and he probably could have taken anybody off. So if you go in the shower 3-0 down, if it wasn't me, I probably would have said, thank fuck for that. You know, I'm off because the game's finished anyway. Yeah. Now, the, the, the guy's in the shower. Two minutes later, somebody comes and says, Chimmy, you've got to carry on. Now, once you finish mentally with a game mm. to get back into that zone, into their focus again, it's near enough impossible. And Jimmy played as, as well as anyone in the second half. And I always say, my hero, the reason we won the Champions League is not me, it's not Steven Gerrard, it's Jimmy Chiari. Wow. Because yes, he did, he incredible. had a goal-line clearance, um, you know, he had a, a few last-ditch tacklers, you mm. know, one of the best tacklers, one of the quickest players, and Jimmy played as well as anyone. And this is, um, this is what, what, what set us apart from other from other teams because whoever played whatever happened we always knew we can rely on each other and we are there for each other and that's what mm. in the end with a bit of luck obviously we we had the breaks and we had a bit of luck in the second half especially when jersey uh, saved the ball in the last minute of extra yeah. time mm. but he needed but i think we we worked hard for it and he was in it. the shower at half time was he yeah. he was yeah He's... he was he was gonna come off and then stephen uh, finn complained of a sore groin and we already made a, a change in the first half and this is rafa again because Harry Kuehl had to come off after half an hour, Smitsa came on. Now, if Jimmy comes on, or I come on for Jimmy, and then Finn comes off after 60 minutes, in his head, he was thinking, we've got to play 60 minutes if we get into extra time without a substitution, because in them days, we we're only three subs. So, and, and when people say, oh, you, you were fortunate, you were lucky, yeah, we, we, we had a bit of luck, but to make the call at half time, Rafa did, yeah. because at half time, 3 0 down, he was thinking about extra time. And I don't think too many managers would have done that. Mm. Wow. Yeah, amazing. So, speaking of showers, yeah. just on that, just um, <laughs> you celebrated. It's coming now. <laughs> <laughs> you celebrated by smoking in the shower afterwards, right? Yeah. What, yeah. what just, a way to celebrate. <laughs> well, the only way. <laughs> <laughs> the only way. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, you come in, and obviously it was all a bit surreal because we left the restroom two hours before dead and buried and we come back two hours later and you know the cup is in the middle of the dressing room so there was no wild celebration people just sat there in disbelief thinking what has just happened Why? and then I thought now I'll have a uh, uh, a celebratory smoke and I <laughs> looked in my toilet bag and I left my fax in the hotel and a minute later the chairman came in David Moores and um, I had the old smoke with him before and he came in and he had so he, had, he had tears in his eyes. You know, he, he was the biggest fan. He was one of the last yeah, yeah. ones. He yeah. always traveled with us mm. in his tracksuit. He was he, he just loved being with the boys. And he, he was one of us. And and to win it for him and with him was just it was just extra special. So he walked in and before he could even say anything, I, I grabbed him uh, and I said, Chairman, uh, I need you in the shower for a second. <laughs> so uh so he said, what's up? He said, I said, give us a fag. <laughs> he, said, he said, I can't. Uh, I said, come on, give us a fag. He said, what happens if the manager comes in? I said, just sack him, you're the chairman. <laughs> you call the shots. So reluctantly, he went in and he, he sparked up as well. And then we, we just... Oh, maybe you can. Now, like, yeah, you know, yeah. it's the best now we just stood there and we never said a word to each other. But I shared that moment and, and unfortunately passed away a, a couple of years ago. Um, and to share the moment with him was just the, obviously we had a bit of a celebration afterwards, but there was just the icing on the cake of 
the best evening in, in football terms mm. uh, to share that moment with him. And I know how much it meant to him because mm. he, you know, he got a lot of sick afterwards when he sold the club to the Americans. But I think this is a moment he, he never forgot and um, I certainly didn't. Yeah, unbelievable. That is incredible. So obviously I'll get into a little celebration of that night, but like, what about when you, we've worked so hard to get back in the game and you start, you, you've got to take a pen? Like, well, what's going through your head there? Well, obviously, we were fortunate because Jersey made a safe in the mm. uh, 120th minute, which, you know, it was probably easier to score than not to score mm. from uh, Shevchenko. Yeah. And I just thought when when we got to penalties, I, I just thought to myself, if we don't beat them now, we never beat them. Mm. And, um, you know, you don't really take notice of anything which is going on around you. Rafa came and he asked me whether I, I want to take a penalty or not. It, and a couple of minutes later, he come back and he said, he take the first one. And I didn't even know who takes the other five or took the other five or four um, because I didn't need to know. And, you know, I think you, you just have to commit. You have to make your mind up. You know, in golf, they say if you, if you leave a post short, they can't go in. Mm. I think you have to commit. And if you miss, miss it for the right reasons. And um, the task was made a bit easier because uh, Sergini missed the first one. Mm. Um, but at the same time, it was a chance to get us ahead on the night for the first time. And, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, commit. Unfortunately, I probably couldn't have hit it any better because mm. this was probably exactly the the place I wanted to hit it. And I, and I did remember because uh, Rafa, he was he was a, a penalty pervert, wasn't he? Mm. He knew everything. <laughs> yeah, he knew everything about pervert. penalty pervert. <laughs> he, he knew everything about penalties. Was his Amazing. passion? No passion. I wanted to say, uh, and 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 I remember him saying that there's a stat that I think there's a 90 or 91% better chance if you hit it above hip height, yeah? So it doesn't really matter where you hit it, mm. yeah? Whether you hit the corner or whether you hit it in the middle, if you hit it at a certain height, it's got a far better chance because all the penalties are safe down. Mm. You know, all the, you know, the goalies don't jump up, yeah. they all go down. And I did remember that and um, I just, you know, I was hoping or try to hit it above hip height, obviously don't want to hit it too high. And as I said, I couldn't have hit it any better. And um, obviously, a bit relieved when it when it did go in. Yeah, amazing. And so, anyway, we shouldn't forget. I don't know whether we talk about the others. If you actually look back on the penalties, uh, Jersey Dudek was probably three yards off his line. Yeah, for the ones he saved. Yeah, it was bad. And yeah, exactly, yeah. it was bad. And I don't know how they never complained. Obviously, in this day and age, it wouldn't happen. Um, the ref it was a Spanish guy. Uh, I'll never forget because the lads were not too happy in the first half. Uh, he made up for it. <laughs> but you weren't, so you weren't in an order. You weren't. So before the penalties, you didn't know. Who no, you're... I did. I, I knew I'd take the first one, but I didn't know who's taking the other four because I didn't need to know. Because mm. the thing but, is, but you... did the manager do it on confidence? No, 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 then no, no, did the manager? No, he he. Obviously, the lads knew when they take him, mm. um, but I didn't know because when he said it, I, I, I was probably somewhere else with my <laughs> with my thoughts. You know, the good thing is because sometimes when you go to penalties. Sometimes managers have to look for people, which is not good. But uh, I, uh, Luis Garcia wanted to take one, which the manager didn't want him to. I'm sure that Xavi Alonso, who missed one, would have uh, taken another one. Um, so he had probably had about seven. And, and the other thing is, when people say, oh, you've got to prepare for a game, sometimes you've got to think out of the box because the three penalties we scored were scored by the three players coming on. Mm. Yeah, So you may have your penalty <laughs> takers in mind, but then you have to make a substitution and then you have to see us on the pitch at the end of the game. And, you know, in them, them days, there were only three substitutions and our three penalties, which probably never happened before, were scored by the three players coming on. Wow, wow. Yeah. yeah that's, that's good, isn't that's, it? That's, that's so, yeah. so, what, so after the game, you know, what, what's the celebrations like? Obviously, you have, you have a Siggy with yeah. the chairman. Where, 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 where does it come after that? Well, we went back to the hotel with a with a time difference because uh, Turkey, I think it's two hours ahead of uh, of the UK, so the game finished after midnight. So by the time we got to the hotel, it must have been two, three o'clock. Uh, friends and family there, as I said, it was still people still in disbelief because it probably took a few hours or a few days or a few weeks to sink in. Um, uh, no wild celebrations really. Uh, Campino, my mate or our mm. mate, was there. Um, Le Campino? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> and I right? The Tottenhausen? Was that Tottenhausen, right? yeah. Tottenhausen. Oh, Tottenhausen. Yeah. Tottenhausen, yeah. 
um, he was there with some of his band members and, and he went back to Liverpool the next day and then I think he had to change the flight four or five times because he played a gig in Austria the day after. So that's dedication for you. And then obviously we left at eight or nine in the morning to go back and then people already been on the phones and say, oh, there's a lot of people in the streets and it was meant to take, I think, a couple of hours to go from Speak to the to the city centre in the end it took us four or five. There were yeah. so many people and that's... These are the memories I'll, I'll never forget. You know, mm. winning is one thing, and obviously to share that with your teammates. This is what, what's brilliant about team sports. That's why I always wanted to play a team sport. But to see so many happy people and happy faces was um, was just a sight. Uh, mm. I don't think anybody ever forgets. Yeah, unbelievable. Did it make you emotional? Uh, Do you get emotional? No, I don't, no, I don't get emotional. But but uh, it made me happy because yeah. this is what it's all about. Because the fans are part of the football club, and they've been th through a lot. Uh, over the years and obviously it was the last time was 21 years ago uh, when they won it in, in 84 um, and there were people from six months to 100 years old and also some blue shirts you know and I think this is what's uh, what's fascinating or or brilliant about about the city of Liverpool that even the Everton fans I think appreciated what we did on the night or, <laughs> or throughout the season and I think this is what with all the rivalry they've got I think they're big enough and, and fair enough to appreciate when the other team does something good. That's well, right. is this true as well that you you were you would often go and drink in blue pubs? Yeah, because they leave me alone. Because they'd leave you alone a yeah. little bit. Yeah. <laughs> they, they didn't they didn't harass me in the red pubs, but you know if you want a bit of peace and if I, you know, if I go if, if I go for a pint on my own, there's a reason I'm going on my own because I don't want to speak to anyone. Um, <laughs> So, you know, if I wanted to have a conversation, I wouldn't go on my own. Yeah. Um, but but I've got to say they were they're very, you know, they're very thoughtful. People don't harass you now in in Italy. But they say I've never played in Italy. But they say oh they they touch you. They want to take a photo. And in them days they weren't really uh, you know these camera phones. They only just started coming. Mm. So they want to shake your hand or want to want an autograph. So it was all was all good. But I I used to go. Uh, uh, to blue pups as well, probably preferably. And, and the other thing is there was never any trouble because people say, oh, you, you go to an Everton pub. I said, yeah, you know, people, you know, they appreciate that. Um, and in, in, in seven years I played there, there was never, you know, because, uh, you know, we had the odd night out. Uh, and sometimes when people have a drink, crazy things happen. But then in seven years, there was never, ever one situation where I felt, oh, this could get out of hand now. Mm. I mean, in terms of trouble, it got out of hand at times, but, <laughs> 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 but, not, in, but not in terms of so uh, good. not in terms of uh, uh, you know getting into yeah. trouble or whatever. Uh. And, and and this this is special about the city, and this is why um, I went there uh, and I stayed there for a long time. And uh, it was the longest time I played for a club, the most successful time. And um, yeah, it's, it, it was brilliant. You talk about uh, it. Potentially getting out of control sometimes. Like, uh, I just want to touch on Japan. Japan, yeah. What, 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 the World Club Championship. Yeah. We had a few beers after the final. Yeah, carry on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what happened, Pete? What are your thoughts on that? What's your take on it? <laughs> well, obviously, I couldn't play because I, I played a few minutes in the semis. I We played Chelsea a few weeks before and Essien tackled me near height. Uh, and uh, I had a bit of... I don't know, infection, bruising, whatever I had. So I couldn't play in the final, which was bad. We lost the game. Mm. Um, and we got back to the hotel and with the time difference, uh, Jamie Carragher carried obviously a lot of um, some of his, his mates over there. And he said it's um, Chelsea Arsenal, uh, I think 10 o'clock, 10.30 local time. Um, you know, the lads in a boozer, they have the footy on, let's, are we going? I say, yeah, well, of course we go. So there's quite a few coming, all the Spanish come as well, because oh, even, though, even though they never drank, yeah, I know you were there. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, the game finished, we have a few more, so it goes two, half two. Um, yeah, we've got to go. I think the bar was, or they just about to shot. Yeah, we need a taxi, there's only one taxi. And as we go out, the taxi's full. I didn't know he was, and he told me today, because all the Spanish were in. And I said to the Spanish, get the hell out because you get home, you know, because we were we were pissed, Cara, Crouch and myself. Um, and they only had apple juice. So I said, come on, get Adelaide Oscar in the car. They wouldn't have it. And the next thing, I don't know who he was, one of Cara's mates, I suppose, 
ran over the cap. So I don't know whether it's a common. No, it, it w- wouldn't be a common thing in Japan if somebody runs over the <laughs> over the cap. But it, he had a panic button, so he never, you know, within thirty seconds, there's police everywhere. So everyone, everybody's running off. I had a bit of an injury. It wasn't the quickest anyway. So the last all off. So I was the first one to get caught. I'm in my tracksuit. So the Japanese keys are the copper. You know, he grabbed me. And I said to him, uh, you know, here, uh, live a bird. I said, player, player. Yeah. And he, you know, he didn't understand he was having none of it. So he put me in the, in the car, takes me to the police station. And I sit there. Nobody speaks a word of English. Obviously, nobody speaks a word of German. And um, I'm there for a couple of hours. By then, it's half or five o'clock. And I'm thinking, I'm knackered here because the coach was leaving at yeah, half eight or nine o'clock. And, uh, and then I remember that we had a guy who studied in England somewhere, Japanese guy. And somehow I got them to call the hotel and got him on the phone. So he turned up half an hour later, explained it all. And uh, yeah, I got out, I don't know, about six. Straight uh, to breakfast. Yeah, quick shower, brekkie, and off we went. So no one knew. No one knew you'd been arrested. No. no. Is this the is this the day before a game? Or no, no. This is after the game. After the game. The worst thing probably coming out of it. I roomed with Sammy Hippia for that trip, and and Kara was obviously part of that traveling party in the pub. Yeah. So when Kara got back to the hotel, he must have seen or he must have heard that they nicked me. So he would call the. Every half hour, he would call the room and Sammy, you know, he didn't say much at the best of times. He was a bit pissed off because he lost out on sleep. <laughs> and he phoned him again at half five and he said, oh, is Kaiser back? He said, no. And Sammy said, he said, don't worry about Kaiser. He always got back. He'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, so how do you look back on your Germany career? Wow. It was a World Cup final. Yeah. yeah how well, was that? Yeah, I've been to four tournaments. Uh, got knocked out of the Euros twice in the mm. first round. You know, not making excuses, but it's probably easier to do well in the World Cup. But it, mm. Because in the World Cup, in the group, uh, you, you usually you have, as a big nation, you have two teams you should beat. Mm. Um, you know, Euros, we had... Once we had Romania, Portugal, England, obviously got beat by England. And the other time, I can't remember, we had the Czechs and we had the Netherlands. Yeah, we should have done better in the Euros. But, you know, I started in 97. So my first tournament was a World Cup 98. And we had the oldest team. I was the youngest player with 24. That was the the year I went to Newcastle. I was the youngest player with 24. So after the World Cup 98, we got knocked out by Croatia in the quarterfinal. I missed a great chance to make it 1-0 in the first half, which haunted me for a while. Uh, there were probably still about 10 World Cup winners from 1990. I think most of them, seven, eight, nine of them stopped. So obviously we didn't have many players. I was the youngest with 24. Mm. There wasn't an awful mm. lot coming through. And that was a problem, obviously, we still should have done better in the Euros. Looking back, uh, probably disappointing because yes, we did go to the World Cup final, but the winner takes it all. And I feel we we played a Brazil team that was beatable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Balak, our captain, was suspended. He got a second yellow card in the semis, uh, which was a shame. If he had played or if he could play, I think we would have had an even better chance. Mm. And... Um, yeah, we had, a, we had a great unit, we had a, a great spirit, which is not the norm because obviously you only see each other for, you know, five days a month. But obviously if you fall short, then, you know, I, 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 if you ask me about success and, and, and things, I would never class that tournament as a, as a success mm. because, you know, if you lose in the final or in the quarters, 
Tells me Lemana. Who was the most impressive like German player you played with? Uh, well, there were a lot. There were obviously when I started, there were a lot of World Cup winners. The thing is, you know, when you t- talk about players, you 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 play with them in different stages of their career. Um, because I played with Mateus for about four mm. years in in Munich and uh, four or five years in the national team. Lothar was a was a freak. He was he had so many bad injuries and he still played 150 times mm. for his country. Yeah. But obviously, when I when I started playing with him, he was in his you know mid 30s. Um, the best one probably I'd say, and the one I love playing with was, was Balak because yeah, he's, he's uh, a player. Mm. he was just a leader, you know, and he had that that air of arrogance where. You always felt if he's in the team, you know, we'll, we'll be all right. And he gave a lot of players, I think, or, or the whole team, a lot of confidence. He was a great captain and uh, I'll probably say Balak. Mm. When you scored that goal at, at Wembley, like, did that, did that was that, um, like, the did you realise the significance of that? Like, the last goal at Wembley, yeah. like, the people, uh, people, English people bring that up all yeah. the time. But as a German, yeah, do, yeah. Do, you, do you worry that, about that? It probably would have meant more to an English, uh, to mm. an English player because... Uh. You know, it's like it's like you scoring the, uh, the last goal in Munich or in Berlin. Yeah. Um, it would have meant more to an English player. Yeah. At the same time, we we, we hadn't beaten a, a big side for about two or three years. So I think for us it was very important because we just knocked, got knocked out in the uh, in the Euros mm. in the first round. It was one of the first games Rudy Fuller just took over as a manager. Um, and then obviously playing at Wembley was always special. And it was raining. You know, they played football coming home. <laughs> uh, when we warmed up, it was a proper... It was a proper game, I think, in October sometime, October or November. Uh, and, but it didn't mean, obviously, people still remind me and say, oh, he's got a last call the old Wembley. Does it mean an awful lot to me? Probably not. It's a big pub quiz question, that one, though. It's a good one, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's the kind of one that gets revisited yeah. on it yeah, boxes yeah. and things like yeah. that, which I'm sure you're really happy with. Um, was, yeah. Was, was playing against England heightened for German players? Obviously, for English players, it seems like it's a big rivalry. There's a lot of history behind it, but yeah, no, no, it, it, it was. It was probably at the time it was probably our our biggest biggest rival. Um, but then you've got to say because two months or, or four months previous, we both got knocked out in a group with uh, Romania and Portugal. Mm. I think it was yeah. because the English went home with us. Um, so I think both nations struggled for a bit, but. You know, that was, I think it was Pardo, he was a golden generation, wasn't he? Yeah. 2000, that's when he started, 2000, 2002. Um, so what I would say is that England probably had better players than us and probably should have done better in tournaments uh, in, in, in that time or in that era. Uh, they didn't. But yeah, it, it, it's always special because especially at Wembley, it was 66 when the goal was scored, there probably wasn't over the line. And uh, yeah, I'd say it was at the time was our biggest rival and, and now... It probably is again. Mm. Mm. Well, yeah, what was your version of football's coming home? I never even <laughs> thought to question that. Because you would have heard that everywhere at the time. But was yeah. there a German equivalent? Uh, no, I don't think there is. No, no. They never did it, did they? They never found that song. What's the biggest German fo- fan football song, would you say? I'm not sure we got one. I'm sure we have one. Yeah. <laughs> See, you ain't got that. <laughs> <laughs> there was no translation for it. <laughs> yeah. hey, you know, you, you know, like, am I saying this right? Die Tutenhusen. Am I saying that right? The band? Yeah. The yeah. yeah. So his mate was Campino, right? He mm. sings You'll Never Walk Alone. Um, mad Liverpool of, fan. Mad Liverpool yeah. fan, right? He sings You'll Never Walk Alone at the end of his gigs, whatever. Mm. And uh, did he sort me out? I went to Munich on a stag do. He looked after me and uh, got me tickets. We went to Hanover. We flew to Hanover from Munich and um, in the football stadium. And he played it. And I ended up singing You'll Never Walk Alone with him on stage. It was 20,000 people. Germans. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> I was up singing it. And I was in Portsmouth at the time. <laughs> what a moment though. But that's what we talk, we've talked about doing on the podcast as well. We've talked about doing Oktoberfest, but doing it properly. Yeah. I imagine you're the guy to yeah. sort that potentially. Yeah. Uh, what is it like, Oktoberfest? Oh, it's brilliant. Is it? Yeah. Right up. Right Hi, up. You'll love it. You'll love it. Just a... Just a two-week piss-up, yeah. yeah. Do you do that? But would you do that as part of the national team? Would you all celebrate Oktoberfest? That must be utter madness. Well, obviously it's or in, Bayern or... Yeah, well, the, the team goes... In, in my day, we, you know, we had a few 
in this day and age, it's very hard because everybody knows the lads, everybody's got a camera mm. and they can't really. And that's really a shame that, um, yeah, they, they have to give a lot of their privacy up because they can't really go anywhere. We used to do. Um, and it's just great. The only thing you have to bear in mind that the beer is quite a bit stronger than here. So mm -hmm. if you if you can drink 10, oh, because yeah. it's two pints, um, a mass or a stein. So if you drink 10 pints here and you think you can drink five steins there, trouble. You'll, you'll, be be in, in, mm, you'll be in, in trouble. hospital. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you'll be in Hossie. <laughs> in Hossie. <laughs> Oktoberfest with the Kaiser would yeah. be an amazing. And, I think, oh, yeah. It's yeah. called Oktoberfest. Well, the last day is always the first day, uh, the first Sunday in October. Right. Yeah. So it could be if the first of October is a Sunday, you go back two weeks. So don't ah. think that you come in October because in October it'll be finished. So you go to you go to City, right? And um, Sven's there. You work with Sven uh, there? Second year. Second yeah, year. Second year. Sure. And then you end up kind of like working with Sven yeah. when you retire, like... What obviously I've heard you speak about him in glowing terms. Like, how did you find him? I was brilliant, and and you would have had him yeah, in England. England. Yeah, um, he was just su such a nice and caring man. And and in a football club, I think it's very important that everybody's happy. And he mm. would bring uh, chocolate for the for the uh, tea lady or for the girls at the reception. He made sure that everybody's happy, and everybody mm. everybody's work is appreciated. And I think that's a quality that not too many have because, mm. and I don't want to speak to about anybody else, but a lot of managers, they go in and they say, oh, we've got to make sure the football side is right. But if the rest of it is not right, if the people are not happy, because obviously this is how he treated players as well. You know, he treated, he didn't treat them as, as players, he treated them as, as human beings or, mm. or, or as, his, as his kids. Um, and that was just special. And, and I think this is why he's been success, uh, successful for such a long time because he just managed to have that special relationship with, with players. And I, I'm yet to find somebody who says a bad word about him. Mm. Everybody enjoyed it and loved playing for him. Mm. And um, just, just touching on you, obviously, moving to England and kind of embracing our culture and, and, and what have you. Like you're into the horses, right? And you're into the cricket. Like, did that... That didn't start in Germany. Did that start when you come to England? Yeah, I didn't even know cricket was played. Obviously, I went... Uh, 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 I went to Old Trafford when I first came to uh, Liverpool. In, at, at Newcastle, we trained at um, Chesterley Street, which is next to Durham's mm. uh, yeah. cricket ground. And uh, obviously, I, and I said to one of the guys, well, what are these guys doing here? And obviously, they had quite a big stand as well, so I thought it must be a, a game people watch. <laughs> mm. uh, and I watched them train after after we trained. I got in the car and, and they were bowling and, and I had a look and I thought, Jesus. And, and then when I went to Liverpool, I went to Old Trafford pretty quickly, I think, I was, um, Pakistan was playing and I was sitting side on and I obviously saw uh, a test match when, when the best batters, the best bowlers play and it was just unbelievable, the pace they bowled. Mm. And obviously, it's very deceiving on the on the telly and then I got to meet uh, Freddie Flintoff and he was still playing at Lancashire at the time um, and he took me to the Nets one day and, uh, yeah, I, I hit a few balls and then he said, just lie down in front of the stumps. And he's at a bowl 195 mile an hour, Glenn McGraw, Brett Lee. And it come out of the machine. And as it come out of the machine, it hit the net behind. Really? Yeah, it's it's 95 mile an hour. You know, you can't even, you <laughs> see, can't even it. see. And 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 this is when I thought, you know, the, 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 the hand-eye coordination these guys have to have is just... It's just something else. And people talk about pressure because I like the psychological side of it. Mm. People talk about pressure in football. When in football, you make a mistake, you've got another 80 minutes to score a goal or, or mm. do something good for the team. And if it doesn't work out, you've got another game three days after. In test cricket, if you're an opening batter, you get out first ball, you sit in the pavilion for a day, you're in the field for a day, and then you've got to walk out again. And then there's a geezer steaming in, bowling 95 mile an hour at you. Mm. And if you go out twice for a duck, it's not good. <laughs> and this is where I thought, you know, these guys, the, the, the mental pressure they've got, because what, what fascinates me about cricket is a, is a team sport which you play on your, on your own. Because if you, if you don't bat well, if you get out, you know, there's nobody else. If I make a mistake or you make a mistake, mm. we can help each other. Uh, in cricket, you can't. And um, that's what, what uh, 
fascinates me about cricket. And um, yeah, so uh, this is probably a, a, a sport which I would have loved to play as a kid. Yeah. Because it's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure whether it would have been any good. But, um, but you've played a bit, haven't you? Did I, I did, yeah. read that? You've played a bit. And... Yeah, I got three runs for the Liège second team or third team. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's I amazing. Could only, I could only pull. I'm not yeah. strong enough. My shoulder's not strong to to hit it into the offside, so I could only bat into the leg side. I never told anyone. So. <laughs> oh, wow. Got a weakness. Yeah. They know now. Yeah. They, yeah I, I, amazing. Uh, I, I, I finished my career. Ah, yeah. retired. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and you were obviously, you were big mates with Mark Lowe when you were at Liverpool. Yeah. And obviously, you know, he's big into the horses, as we know. Like, did he get you into that? Yeah, I've, I've been there quite a bit. Um, obviously, he's got his yard there and mm. the facilities is just second, Amazing, mm, second there, yeah. to none. Yeah, it's brilliant. And uh, yeah, we still uh, obviously kept in touch even when he went to Newcastle mm. um, because, you know, sometimes he used the chopper to get back and forth. Yeah. Uh, we waited at the first tee. Uh, when, he, <laughs> when we heard him <laughs> when he's about to arrive yeah so no Mo I still speak to him and yeah, um, yeah him and Kara before you came mm. they were probably the two I was I was closest to you talk of um, you talk of Sven so fondly who was your manager at Bayern Munich uh, the one who took me to the first team was to Beckenbauer and then yeah. I had Trapattoni. Oh, Trapattoni. Yeah, Ray Hagler and Trapattoni. Yeah. Amazing. Tell manager. me if this is true yeah. as well. There's an amazing story I read about, I don't know if it was you or a teammate, where there was a bit of a language barrier between you and the manager, and he needed to find the word, I think German word for cojones, and he wanted to give this rousing team speech. Yeah. But you gave him a different word. No, it wasn't me. It was Giovanni Elba, actually. Oh. It was Elba, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Tell us that. Yeah, well, he was he was looking for the word cojones, and uh, Giovanni <laughs> said the German word for funny. And <laughs> <laughs> so he told the lads, you 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 know, because we lost the game, and and his message was, he said we can't go in the stadium tomorrow, and shout fans, fans, we are sorry, we are sorry. He said football doesn't work like this. He said we've got to go, and we've got to show that we have cojones. And he said we've got to go there. And we've got to show them that we've got a funny. <laughs> so, so the lad started smirking, and you know he was he was a great guy, trap and a brilliant manager, and and and, and a, again such a humble and, and nice man. And some of the lads they started smirking and laughing, and he said, "What the heck is going on here?" And then somebody told him, and then he had a laugh with us. So, <laughs> so he was good was. with it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. brilliant! And yeah. what was obviously can't talk about, front, you know. Mentioned Franz Beckenbauer, I mean, I asked you about him. What was he like? He had an aura that the whole room froze. And obviously, we went to, I played for the second team in Munich for about 18 months and I scored a lot of goals because in them days I played a bit further forward, scoring goals, uh, which I found harder and harder. So I had to go, I had to mm. go further back. And so I trained, we went to Tenerife at, uh, in the winter break. The manager, uh, got sacked, uh, Ribeck, he took over. So we went to Tenerife um, for a week, uh, pre-season training in winter in the winter camp. And we go back and at the airport, he pulls me and he said, you stay with us because there were two, three players from the second team coming, you know, as you usually make the numbers up that you can play 11 v 11, whatever. So we trained there, must have done okay. And on the way back, he said, you're staying with us. And I made my first, or I came on in the first game after the winter break. Um, played a few times this season and um, if it wasn't for him I probably had to go out on loan somewhere mm. um, so it made things a lot easier he wasn't too well obviously passed away not long ago mm. and uh, and a big big loss because I think he affected so many people with uh, his humility and his dignity and the way he treated people very loving and caring man and um, yeah big loss mm. All right. and, and, and what are you up to now guys are you uh, you're back in Munich yeah, I'm back in yeah. Munich doing TV. So yeah. I do TV for, for Sky Germany every Saturday. I do quite a few games for RT in, in, in Dublin for, mm. for, for the Irish. And um, yeah, do the odd talk here and there when I've got time and enjoying it. Yeah. Did, did I read recently there was a bit of a to and fro with Jurgen Klopp as well? I'm not fully across exactly what's happening. Uh, I think it's a long time ago. I said, mm. I said years ago when he first came because they... They lost the League Cup final and they lost the UEFA Cup final. Mm. 
And I think that's where it started because after he lost the AFA Cup final, they extended his contract. He's only been there eight months. And I said, uh, somebody wanted to talk to me about something else as it always is. You know, what about Liverpool? And I said, well, I don't really get why they extend his contract because I don't think it sets a good example for the fans and the players that you lose two finals and you extend his contract because you have three years left. Right. And I think he took it the wrong way. I wasn't having a go at him. It was more about the club. Um, and I think he didn't take it too well because I met some of his family through Campino because he's mm-hmm. very friendly with, uh, with with the sons and the wife. And, you know, uh, I haven't got a problem with him. What he's done for Liverpool is, is second to none. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the, the nine years he's given to the club couldn't have been any better. And what a story would be if he wins the league this year because last time, unfortunately, yeah. during COVID, no fans allowed. Mm-hmm. What a part he would be. And yeah. I do think even though even though after yesterday's result, I think they're going to win the league this year. Yeah. Do you think they're going to do it? I, yeah. I think. Well, they play City at home. Um, they've got quite a good record at home against City. If they beat mm. them, they're ahead of them. Um, yeah, I, 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 I think they will. I think it gives him that extra boost because I think everybody wants him to go and send him off with a with a with the best or most possible success. And I wouldn't be surprised if they win more than the Premier League this mm-hmm. season. Yeah. You, you talk of managers. Um, you had a stab at it yourself. How did you decide that it wasn't really for you, that sort of managing and coaching role? Yeah, well, obviously I was with Sven at Leicester, but then I thought I want to I wanna do it myself. And I had a chance to go to Stockport, go back to uh, to Cheshire, um, live there. They just got relegated from League Two. Most contracts uh, expired. There were only two, three players who still had contracts for the, for the, for, for the conference. Um, sign a lot of players all you can do as you know you can give him a chance mm. and um didn't win enough games uh what wasn't my fault the players weren't just much good um, <laughs> uh, no it just uh, it just <laughs> did work out and, and the thing is i i will never forget i, I was still speaking to rafa who uh, he signed you didn't he mm. You know, Rafa was a, I think he was a genius. The guy was, everything he said was made sense. And I, I, I loved, and, and he didn't say much. And I would have loved him to speak every day for 10 minutes, 20 minutes. But obviously he knew that, you know, short and sharp, and he made you think. And I met him one day because I still kept in touch with him. Uh, and we did an exercise. We trained one day at Kirby at the academy which we never done only once a year for some reason. And I said to Rafa, I said, we did that exercise at Kirby that, that time. And he and I, and, I, and I put it down and he said, uh, he said, I can't remember. I said, well, you can't remember. I said, this is what we did. He said, Didi, he said, you have to realize, he said, it's not about the exercise. He said, it's about the idea. So that was something where it clicked, where I thought, now this guy, he's doing an exercise. And it's, I thought it was brilliant. And the day after, he forgot about it. Mm. Yeah, and that's a talent or a gift I haven't got. And because, as you know, if you do an exercise in training and mm. it doesn't work, yeah, the lads go, what, yeah. what, what have you been doing <laughs> yeah. the, last, the last two days? Mm. And you do a, do it again. Yeah, and the lads might go, they haven't got a clue. Mm. And once the manager loses respect of the players, yeah, he's it, finished. Over. So you've got to be very careful. So, and this is where where I thought. Because if I do something, I want to try or I want to be the best. And when he said that, I thought to myself, and obviously the, the bar was pretty high with Rafa. He wasn't just somebody. He was somebody who won the UEFA Cup. He won the league with mm. Valencia twice. Mm. Um, but I thought this is a different level. And I thought, I, I, I best pack it in. And that's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he pretty much finished me, yeah. Did yeah. he? It sounds to me that you're really into sort of the psychological side of sport. Is that something that Rafa instilled in you or is it just something that clicked between you both? No, I always felt that, you know, it's 90% because if you look at the teams, if you look at whether it's cricket, whether it's football, you know, they they can all play. So the difference between a a top team in the Premier League and a a mid-table team, I don't think it's that big. Or even the championship, it's not that big. You know, the biggest difference I think is mentally, how you control emotions, how you deal with things, how you deal with setbacks. And that's that's always something that that fascinated me. Yeah, 
Kai, it's just something we do uh, on the podcast is uh, we do uh, an 11. We've had various different 11s. Yeah, the last one we had was an Elton John 11, uh, which was good, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. This yeah. is Herbs and Spices 11. Rocket Men. Yeah. <laughs> was it? Who was in goal? Who was the, Rocket was in there, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I what mean, is? yeah, we'll we have to... Go Breaking My Heart, I think. Yeah. Yes. We had... Um, Candle in the Windass, that kind of thing. Candle in the Windass. <laughs> <laughs> You get the idea. <laughs> it's along those lines, anyway. Yeah. So I've got herbs and spices at 11. That's oh. right. Chili Caballero. There's <laughs> 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 a few dodgy ones here. Saffron Vla, Danny Rosemary. Uh, Danny Rosemary. Lee, pa- Lee Parsley. <laughs> Lee Parsley's great. It's <laughs> 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 a good one to be there. He becomes the Allen manager, doesn't he? Lee Parsley, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good Declan Spice. Uh, Mint Dempsey. Mint Dempsey, that's good. good. <laughs> that is good. Cumin Sons. <laughs> <laughs> Cumin Sons of Melter. <laughs> oh, this one. Chumariki Lambert. Chumariki uh, <laughs> Lambert. <laughs> Divock Oregano. <laughs> <laughs> Managed by Pepper Guardiola <laughs> and Roberto De Herbie. <laughs> Commentators Chive Tilsley. Who does them? That's better than I even thought it was wow. going to be. Oh, John. No, that was John. That John, brilliant. what a legend. Did oh. you take him? Oh, well. A week. Uh, no, that is a belter. How old is him? John. No, the Elton John. I wasn't Elton. No, no, no. I'd just... <laughs> get him back if it was him. <laughs> wow, oh, brilliant. Oh, that was better than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. good. I always think with these 11s, you must come away from here and you'll be thinking of them all day. You're thinking of you know? them all day, yeah. There'll be one that gets you. Feel free to message oh, it. Chive yeah, Chive 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 Chive. Chive. <laughs> what is your favourite name? Because I quite like Cumin Sun. Because it's Cumin like, Sun. Is it? yeah. Also, very quickly, in case no one knows, why are you called the Kaiser? Uh, we, we had a pool table at, at Melbourne and... Uh, we used to play with, uh, I used to play with Michael Owen against uh, John Anirisi because uh, Chinja, as we call him, mm. he thinks he's smart, um, but he's not. <laughs> and, he, <laughs> and he thought he can take us on. And uh, I, was, I was a safety merchant and Mo finished him off. Oh, we were brilliant. Best team in the world. <laughs> and, and I was, <laughs> and we had a telly, a big telly. And there was a Moscone Cup at the time, you know, the, the mm-hmm. nine ball competition, yeah. pool. And there was a German guy called Ralf Suke. He was, I think he was even world champion, nine ball world champion. And the lads walk in like they're doing darts. Obviously, this is going back 20 odd years now. And that Ralf Suke played in the Moscone Cup for Europe. And he walked in, he had a shirt on with Kaiser at the back. And Mo said, if I get you one of those, would you wear it? Yeah, of course I would. And that was it. The Kaiser was born. The Kaiser was born. I didn't know that story. I've called you Kaiser my whole life. I didn't know that story. Yeah, that was Mo, yeah. It was Mo. Mike started it. Yeah. Brilliant, mate. What a nickname. So we got a name, this pub we're in, guys. It's, yeah, I've got a few entries here. Call it the Crouch and Horses. Classic pub name. The Crouch in Dragon. No. Mm. Um, Shallow. Oi, oi, the crouch and duck in. <laughs> oi, oi, the crouch, oh, crouch and duck in. How do you yeah. spell oi, oi, duck. Oi, oi. Oi, oi. The three trollops. <laughs> okay. Um, nice. I think the chum, which, was it the chum bar? Chumba, Chumba one, one bar. Yeah. Chumba one bar. Yeah. Yeah. That, that so was three words. Chumba one bar. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, like the old Barone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll go with that? Well, I think we'll go with that for now. The Chumbar one bar. Yeah. yeah. We'll go with that. Yeah. Would be my favourite nice. too, yeah. All right. Well, listen, it's been a pleasure having you in the pub, guys. Yeah. Um, thanks for coming on again. And uh, Anytime. all the best, mate. Cheers, lads. We'll man, see you mate. for a beer thanks soon. Thanks so Thank you. Right, we've had a massive push on subscribers this year. We're up to over 100,000, but we want to 
We want more, and that's down to you. So if you haven't hit subscribe yet, but you still like this podcast, hit now, otherwise you're a Carl. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Brought to you by Lexus. Some things do more than their stated functions because exceptional things inspire you to do exceptional things. To this select list, we add the all-new Lexus GX. With its exceptional capability, you'll see possibilities you never knew existed, sending you far outside your comfort zone. But as much as the GX challenges you, it also spoils you. Its intuitive technology and luxurious features mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Live up to it. The all-new Lexus GX. This episode is brought to you by a load of pricks.net. We are the experts in selling houses. Chris couldn't sell his house. What did you do, Chris? I couldn't sell my house for love nor money, Crouchy. Three different offers I had, all at the last minute, fell through. I turned around to my wife and said, what can we do to sell this house? Every estate agent is failing us. Then I told her, let's go to a load of pricks.net. But Chris, what did a load of pricks do for you? They were brilliant, Crouchy. They sold my house right away. The sign had barely gone up when a well-dressed gentleman came along and offered me twice the asking price. Chris, would you use a load of pricks again? I'd use them every time, Crouchy. Go to a load of pricks.net. They will sell your house like no other. Load of pricks, load of pricks.net.